All right, y'all, welcome to the Delayed Gratification Podcast, where we talk about building wealth and it taking time, being patient. We bring on some amazing guests that's going to give you some steps to building wealth and tell you their story so that you're inspired and know that you can do it too. Today, whoo, it's getting ready to catch fire in here, y'all, so you may as well get the fire extinguishers out. I got my brother on here, Ash Cash. Ash Cash, welcome to the We Delayed end up building y'all. What up, y'all? I'm taking over. It's Ash Cash, the financial motivator. I'm here with Ramon. We about to... No, I'm just playing. I just wanted to say that. I just wanted to... Man, I love it. I love it. Listen, you know this is really how it's going, right? Yeah. So since we since we started off like that, yeah. introduce yourself. Man, Ash Cash, the financial motivator, um, you know, 15-year banking executive, uh, grew up in the St. Nicholas Housing Projects. Uh, and decided that I wanted to go in a different direction with my life. Um, you know, did everything in banking from teller to personal banker, private banker, branch manager, was a CEO of a credit union. Um, in the words of, of Jay-Z, the Honorable Sean Carter, there's much bigger issues in the world I know, but I first had to take care of the world I know. So I decided that I wanted to teach my community about how to build wealth instead of spending so much time uh, with people who, who have already built wealth who don't look like me. Um, and so I decided to to become a financial educator. I yes. uh, started my journey in 2009, wrote my first book, Mind Right, Money Right, 10 Laws of Financial Freedom. Um, now, fast forward 13 years later, uh, I've written 12 books. Four of them have been bestsellers, have um, been... Uh, you know, sold over 100,000 books independently. I've uh, been on every single media outlet well, you me, can think well, let me, of. Let me, let me, let me, let me, but I, man, you got like a resume, a financial literacy resume yeah. that is super impressive. Thank you, brother. Um, before I met you in person, man, I'd seen you. I'm like, every time I watch you, I'm like, man, what what's he got going on? What are <laughs> he drinking, right? We got Ash Cash, yeah. the energy drink coming soon. Hey, all right, we right? need that. We need that. But it's water, actually. Let's go prior to 2009. Yeah. Because 2009 and now is 13 years. Yeah. So this is not overnight, mm -hmm. right? But prior to 2009, what were you doing? Uh, I was I was in the bank. So in the bank. Yeah. So, um, I mean, for me, I think I think I think I you know it's a blessing that the bank was introduced to me. Right. When, when was it introduced to you? Uh, I was 19 years old. Okay. So, um, quick backstory. I've always, I grew up single single parent home uh, in the projects. Really, no money at all, right? Um, my my mom raised three of us. I'm the youngest of three, um, and so I've been an entrepreneur since eight years old, right? So I was packing bags at eight at the local supermarket. I was, you know, uh, selling mixtapes and T-shirts on 125th Street. So, like, I've always had the entrepreneurship spirit because I knew that regardless of what my circumstance was, I don't know, it was just something innate in me that told me that abundance is my birthright. Like, I, like there's no reason why um, I should be struggling. And so from that point till about, 15 years old, I was always an entrepreneur. Around 15 um, is when, you know, you start you start wanting to get money so you could, you know, look fly for the girls yes. and things of that nature. A lot of my friends start hustling, you know what I'm saying? And they start, you know, getting a lot of money. And um, I remember actually at 17 years old, um, you know, one of my friends, he, you know, so, so if you know, so I grew up in the 90s, right? Correct. So if you know, in the 90s, there was a mass incarceration happen sure. where between, I want to say like 93 till about like 97, most of the OGs were locked up. Correct. And so now you got a bunch of young guys, teenagers in, in the streets, the drug addicts still want drugs. 
And then now you got young people with no guidance, like, yo, I want to, you know, I want, I'm a, like, I'm going to fill that in that void. Um, so two of my close friends actually, uh, they, you know, they started to fill the void and they started getting a lot of money. I'm talking about, you know, they was getting a lot of money. Um, you know, one of my, my guys had the, the, the Chevy Tahoe, like, you know, and I was riding <laughs> shotgun all the time. And so at 17, I'm looking at them and, and, and by that time they've, they've already blown up and he, and my, you know, they younger than me. So they, 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 they like 16, 15, 16, get money. get money. So I said, man, I'm doing that. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I started to go down that, 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 yes. you know, that path. And I remember I had a conversation with my sister and my sister like really was like, yo, what do you like? We, we, we argued, right? She's like, nah, I'm like, mommy wouldn't even want you to do this. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I told, you know, she was so aggressive with it. I was like, yo, if you give me a job, she was working at Blockbuster at the time, fetch out the Blockbuster videos. Um, you know, I was like, yo, if you give me a job, I, I, I ain't gonna hustle. And I'm just, I'm just saying that just to get out of my face. But, you know, like the big sis did, she came back and got me a job. Um, and so I started working at Blockbuster. I was 17 years old, yeah. did that for about two years. In a year, I got promoted to assistant manager. And literally that job saved year. my life. And, yeah, in a year. Because, you know, you are who you are. You know what I'm saying? So I always had that entrepreneurship spirit. So even when I work nine to five, I still work it like it's mine. I still work it with an entrepreneurship spirit. So when I got there, whatever the goals were, just let me just let me rip and I'll, I'll make it happen. Um and so by the time, you know, I, 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 got a, I got promoted to assistant manager, the only way up was to go from assistant manager to, brand, uh, to, to store manager. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And one of the young ladies who was actually assistant manager was, was working two jobs. She was working at Chase at the time. And she was working at Blockbuster. And she was like, yo, my job, which is Chase, she was like, my job is, is hiring for tellers. You know what I'm saying? Like having an open house. So, you, so you're... 17, 18. So I'm 19 at this time. 19, yeah, I'm okay. 19 at this time. And, um, you know, they're like, yo, they have an open house. You know what I'm saying? Come through. So I'm like, yo, I, I, I'm already a star, you know, employee at Blockbuster. So I said, what, 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 you know, I ain't got nothing to lose. Went in there. Um, and the rest is history. You know, got the job at Chase. 19 um, years old. 19 years Chase. old. Yep. At Madison Square Garden. And, um, man, that, that, that was the beginning of everything for me. You know, Was that a... Was that a because you say Madison Square Garden, so for me, when I think Madison Square Garden, I think huge. Mega branch, mega branch. Mega so I'm, branch. I'm talking like at the time, right? So like now I don't know if b banks have this anymore, but at the time, I'm talking about over 20 tellers, right? Because this is, you got to think this is 99, okay. right? Or 2000, right? And so, you know, 20 brand, you know, 20 tellers, you got like, 10 bankers, like it's a real mega branch because um, this is before, like nobody really goes into banks anymore, but this is before that. This is before everybody having a debit card. This is before all of that. So that's, you know, people in order to, you know, people still carry cash. Like, I don't know if y'all who watch it, if y'all <laughs> still carry cash, but this is a time where, you know, people are cashing checks. Like they don't got direct deposit. Yeah, like it was a yeah, whole, 2000. yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, um, so yeah, it was a huge mega branch, which was, which was the blessing. Um, because, uh, because there was a lot of people and a lot of turnover and a lot, there became a lot of opportunity. Um, and so like what, what's a, what's, you said a lot of opportunity. Why was it such a blessing for you to get a job at 19 at this particular chase? Yeah, because when you think about all of the different roles, so first and foremost, like when I'm working at Blockbuster Videos, it's only clerk, assistant manager, store manager. That's it. There's no there's no in-betweens. There's, no, there's nothing else you can do. I get to the bank. 
there's teller, there's teller supervisor, there's business teller, there's customer service, there's a regular banker, there's private banker, there's financial advisor, there's assistant manager, there's sales manager, there's branch manager. And that's just the branch. You're breaking the branch. Damn. Right? Then you got mortgage broker. Then you have, like, you have back office. You have operations manager. You have all these things on the back office. So you go from the only opportunity you have is... At Blockbuster, I got one more step to go, and that's it. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Or I'm now in this bank as a teller, and I could choose. There's so many different directions I could go in, um, and that was the blessing because all I need to do is see it, right? I'm one of them people where if you just uh, put it in my vision and I know it's possible, I'm a master manifester. I will manifest anything. Um, and so, and that's exactly what I did. I got there. You know, I do this weird thing. People might not understand, but I sit and I just look. I don't say nothing. I'm just looking. And what I'm doing is I'm like ingesting the environment, seeing and, and visualizing it. So that way in my mind, I could actually create it in my real life. Um, and one of the one of the things, and that's why representation is important, is that um, the branch manager of that branch was a black Jamaican man, Michael Black. Fast out to Michael Black. 22 years ago. 22 years ago. Which is a big deal to be yes. to be in Madison Square Garden. One of the uh, it was a commuter branch. So it was always busy. We made a lot of money at that branch. And the, and when I used to see him walk the floor, it was a big gigantic branch. He had a suit on and he would walk, and I'd be like, "Yo, this guy is the boss of everybody. White, black, Asian, everybody reports to him." And I was like, "That's that's that's what I want to do. I want to do that." So that inspired you, one hundred percent. Yeah. And then, you know, the rest was just kind of history. Um, you know, eight months after being a teller, I was promoted to uh, customer service. Um, then from customer service, I was a banker, uh, just a regular banker, opening accounts. Uh, then I wound up becoming a, um, a private banker, which that actually changed my life, period, as far as how I look at wealth. Uh, because as a private banker, I managed money for those who had 250,000 in investable assets or more. So this wasn't everyday I mean, people. You were you were really young. Yeah, I was young, man. I, I ran my first branch. I was a VP at 24, right? So they said I was going to be dead or in jail by 25. By 24, I was, was a they? VP. Whoever they are, the neighborhood, <laughs> uh, the streets, uh, statistics, yeah. CNN, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, ABC, uh, whoever, like the, the media yes. at that particular time. Uh, there was this narrative um, they called the super predators at, yes. at one time. So uh, there was this narrative of, about, you know, black boys specifically um, that, you know, we, we our life didn't matter, you know, and that we were going to we were going to be dead or in jail. Like just, you know, and, and, and you know, the, the neighborhood, the cops, everybody tried to push that narrative. Um, and so it's a proud moment to know that at 24 years old. That that I'm that I'm I'm telling people what to do. I'm guiding people. I'm I'm helping other people build wealth. Um, and yeah, it was a blessing. And and you know, and so you were a VP. Yeah, at 24. At 24 years old. Yeah. What did that? I mean, I know you said it made you feel good, but when you were first starting at that branch, could you have imagined being there five years, moving through the ranks over that five years? Yeah, that, yeah, that fast. You saw it already. I saw it already. Yeah, because you, because you know, for me, um, 
once I knew, I think Blockbuster did it for me, right? Mm-hmm. Once I knew my potential and I saw that I started at Blockbuster at 17, by 18 I got promoted, I was like, okay, so this is this is this is my norm. Because what happens is again, even in the streets, when I was packing bags at eight years old, there was levels to packing bags. So for those who don't know, right now, I don't think people do it anymore, but uh, back in the day in a supermarket, um, they would let kids pack, you know, people's grocery bags and then you would get tips, yes. you know, but there was levels to it. You had the people who got change and then you had the people who uh, were, were able to get dollar bills by walking old ladies to the apartment, things of that nature. And again, I w- I'm an observer. So I observed how, um, who got the most money? So I, that's that's I, I'm it, like I do this in everything. Even now as an entrepreneur, right? And I know we're gonna get there, but as an entrepreneur, you know, you know, I'm an eight figure entrepreneur now. Ooh, I saw it though. All I needed to do was be around it. Like when I first started, I was I was making five figures and all that. I'm looking. I'm like, oh, this. Oh, all, all you gotta do is point them out. Point. Give me. Show me one person who's made eight figures as an entrepreneur. I got you. I bet you I'm gonna make eight figures. So same thing. And we're gonna come back to that. Yeah, definitely figures, for sure. I, I, I gotta come back for to sure, that. right? So now we go and we look, and I'm like, all right, who who's the one getting the most money? All right, so I'm gonna study that person. I'm gonna watch them. I right, success love clue, leaves clues, yeah. right? I'm gonna study that person, and I got it. Same thing, you know, when I was selling mixtapes and T-shirts on 125th Street, I said, yo, who's getting the most money? All right, let me study. All right, I got it. When I got the blockbuster, I said, yo, who's getting the most money? Right? Oddly enough, it wasn't the store manager. Because I realized that the assistant manager, right, has a skill set and they could bounce around from store to store so they could get money on overtime. So I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to be assistant manager. I got to a teller. I was like, yo, who's getting the most money? You know what I'm saying? And so for me, it was always sort of like studying. Um, and when I realized that the banker made the most money, it wasn't even a branch manager. What does the banker do? The banker is the one who opens up the accounts. They open up the accounts. Uh, they get you to get the mortgage, the home equity, you know, the 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 401ks, the investment. The right. They're the, so they, they're the gateway, right? So, he, but, but, but peep this. The branch manager gets a, a, a salary mm-hmm. and then gets a percentage of uh, what the bank makes based on it hitting its goals. So if it does, so if the bank doesn't hit its goals, the branch manager gets nothing. No bonus. No bonus. Okay. They have to reach their goal first, and then they get a bonus after they hit their goal. The banker, though, doesn't have to hit their goal to get a bonus. They get a bonus for everything they sell. Never knew that. Right? So for me, you know, I was like, I was killing it. Right? I was number one in annuities, number one in home equities. Like, I was killing it. And... So I, I knew I would get there. I knew I would get there because as I, you know, again, um, I think very highly of myself. Um, I don't think less of people, though. Yes. Right. So what I do is I say if 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 Jay-Z could do it, I could do it. Right. So one of my goals uh, is to become a billionaire, a project billionaire, because that's important to me. Um, I believe that people need to see it. Mm-hmm. And so I I have a deep affinity just because I'm from the projects. I have a deep affinity to break a mole and say you don't have to sell drugs, you don't have to be an entertainer, uh, you don't have to play ball in order to to amass wealth. 
And so when I, so I said, I want to become a billionaire who came from the projects. And so all I need to do is see it. So I, I watch, oh, Jay, oh, Jay did it? I bet. So now I have my model, and that's an ultimate goal of mine. But all I need to do is see it. So to your, to your question, did I, did I know I would get there? Yes. Because there's, there's nothing that I don't believe is, is impossible, but I do believe in divine timing, though, right? And so I don't force anything. Like, I knew, like, where I'm at right now, I was on this journey 10 years ago, right? Delayed gratification. I was, I was on this journey 10 years ago. And so where I see financial education, where it is today, yes. that was my vision 10 years ago, right? But certain, you know, you know, God is the best planner, though. And so I'm not going to tell the creator what I want, then dictate how I'm going to get it. That's foolish to me, right? Because I can't see all. The creator can see all. That vision, though. And we all don't have the same vision. Yeah. You got the vision and something else burning inside you. Yeah. Because just the way I've watched you over time, the way you put it out, even right now. Yeah. Like you saying, I saw it, and I saw it as a kid. I yeah. already had something as a kid. Yeah. What do you think that is, and how do you cultivate it? Um, I think I think it's, it's called gratitude. Um, the narrative of being dead or in jail plays over in my head over and over again. Um, I got kicked out of school four times though, right? Uh, I got kicked out in the sixth grade. Wow. Oh, I mean, I, I actually six years old. So in the first grade, I got kicked out in the first grade. I was six. What were you doing in the I, first grade? Fighting. I was, I was very angry. My, okay. my father wasn't around. I blamed him for everything. Um, Always been a big husky guy, so I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good with these. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I was angry. So I was taking it. So for me, it was almost like my dad didn't want me, and so f the world. Got you. And so I was, you know, I was, I was fighting in the first grade. Got kicked out in the fifth grade. I got kicked out for fighting again. Oddly enough, when in hindsight, it wasn't like I was, I was anti-bully though. So when somebody hears that I was fighting, you might think, oh, he was a bully. I was actually anti-bully, right? Meaning that I always, I, even to this day, I'm, I'm the voice of the underdog. Every time somebody tries to, tries to, to, to ish on somebody that I know got power, I use my power to amplify their voice. Gotcha. Right? Think about my podcast, Inside the Vault with Ash Cash, the greatest money mindset show on the planet. I bring on people that, have great knowledge that the world the world tries to act like they don't have this knowledge mm. and so i use who i am i use my voice to amplify people so now i'm a bully or or i'm anti-bully on a on a on a camera right so i'm doing the same thing before i responded with violence yes now i respond with my voice and and so i got kicked out i kicked i got kicked out in the fifth grade <laughs> you know Somebody was a, a bully was picking on somebody. You stepped in. I stepped in and said, "Nah, it's not happening." You're doing that for the people now. The book. The bully said, "What?" And we got we got into a tussle. Obviously, the winner always looked like the aggressor. Yes. And so, even though he was the bully, and I seemed like the aggressor because I shut the bullying down, I now, you know, what I'm saying, got kicked out. Got kicked out in ninth grade. Um, for fighting, and then I and I got expelled in the tenth grade, um, 
being in the wrong place, wrong time. I wasn't even fighting. It was, you know, it was gangs, you know, at that time. Um, this had to be like 93, yeah, I want to say. 90s, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it was a lot of gangs. I wasn't in the gang, but I knew everybody. Like, I, I still got respect. Um, and there was a gang fight, and it was like, there's no way Ash wasn't there. Like, he was there. I'm like, I wasn't even there. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, but but either way, I got I got expelled. One so no I, phone, one no recordings, none of that. Proof. Yeah, they they and 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 the deans and the principal, they was like, yeah, he was there. So I, they just threw me in that bunch. I got expelled. Um, did the tenth grade over. Uh, played with guns. Um, you know, I never sold any drugs, but I was the stash a couple. That's actually how I got the name Ash Cash though too. Um, but I, you know, I've always had the stash, you know, I always held the stash for, for some of my, my, my drug dealer friends, um, statue of limitation is done. So I'm good. <laughs> um, and so, and so I, owe, right. To back to your question, the fire comes from gratitude yes. because majority, I think it's only two of us out of all the guys that I grew up with. It's only me and one other guy who didn't die or go to jail. That's an amazing statistic. Just, just me and one other guy. Wow. Every single other one of my friends, some are not here, God yeah. rest their souls, and some are sitting up. Like, I got a friend doing 65 years. That's crazy. I got a friend who who he just came home, or he came home like a while ago, but he did uh, nine and a half years for 10 murders. Like, every one of my friends have records. Clean. Why I can't work at no bank with no record? So I'm like, yo, yo, God, yo, 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 I'm a banker. Yo, I was one of the youngest CEOs of a federally chartered bank. I was 31 years old. A CEO of a bank of a federally chartered bank? Come on, you went from 24 VP of Chase. Yeah. Tell me how do we get to 31 a yeah, CEO? So, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't all all upward. Uh 24 uh VP at Chase um left left the bank to become an entrepreneur. Um, that didn't really work out. I started a music company with my friends. Um, that didn't really work out. We did that for a couple of months. I mean, we, we made a lot of buzz, but, um, you know, I was handling the business. I wasn't no rapper or nothing like that, but I was handling the business that didn't work out. Went back to work. Um, and then I started to, you know, I did private banking for about a year and a half, two years. So you, you, you quit chase. Yeah. And went back to chase. No. So I, when I, when I quit chase, I actually went to bank of America. Okay. So I, I quit chase um and you know you know did the music thing for a while and then after the music thing didn't work I went to Bank of America partly because um I was a banker at Chase but Bank of America was was looking for new people to to they had a management uh, a, a branch management program so I wound up going into Bank of America as assistant manager and to to get into you know to get into management okay. um. Realized that I didn't want that. It, it got too retail bankish for me, so I didn't want to do that. Like it felt like Bank of America was the first bank to turn their branches into like retail stores. So it felt like H and M. It felt like this gotcha. fast paced thing. I didn't really like that, um, and so I wound up. That's where. I, that's when I got into private banking. Um, and so I worked right at the GM building by FAO Schwartz, right on Fifth Avenue, and that's where I started w w working with like the wealthy individuals. So I had a bu uh, uh, a book of four hundred clients, uh, mass affluent clients who uh, my my most you know wealthiest client was worth twenty two million dollars, um, and so I did that for about two and a half years. Learned a lot. Um, wound up exposed going, to a lot. Though. Exposed to a lot. Absolutely. 
Okay. Um, wound up going back to Chase because the private banking stuff wasn't, you know, again, it was, I, I'm a people person, so I was too isolated. Um, and so I went back to Chase and got into their branch management program. Okay. And that's that's how I really got, like, I used everything that I, that I knew, private banking, branch, you know, uh, assistant manager, tell I used all that to be a better leader. Um, and then, and so, so Chase started, so I'm great. I'm a great marketer. I'm great at marketing. So Chase realized that and they started using me, um, and not in a negative way, but they started using me, um, to open up their new branches. Mm -hmm. So they had just bought a bank of New York. Um, and so, so for those who, you know, like, so, so Chase is a bunch of banks put together. Mm -hmm. People don't realize that now, but Chase is, um, uh, manufacturers Hanover, Chase Manhattan Bank, Bank One out of Ohio, Washington Mutual, Huge. like they, like they bought a lot of banks, Bank of New York. Um, and what they would do is when they buy these banks, um, they would, they would rebrand them, put mm -hmm. them as Chase. But a lot of these banks, um, no, this was Chase's first time in this area. Even though it was a big, big brand, no one in Westchester County knew Chase. Okay. They only knew Bank of New York. And so they would need new ways uh, to get the community to, to adopt their brand. Um, and so, you know, that that's what I, I was that guy. I was the guy where, you know, I, uh, I managed the branch in Yonkers. You know, I managed the branch in Tuckahoe. There's really a, a place in New York <laughs> called Tuckahoe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I managed the branch in Tuckahoe. And then I went to uh, Co-op City in the Bronx. So I became that guy where I was just opening up and I was doing, you know, getting bigger and bigger branches, making a lot of money uh, for the bank, not necessarily for myself because I wasn't there long enough to get the bonuses. They would just use me. I was young, so I didn't know. Um, eventually, um, you know, in 2008 when the recession hit, yeah. um, you know, the banks didn't know what it was so there was a lot of pressure on everybody to meet these these outlandish numbers um and so i wound up deciding to leave uh to go to carver bank which is uh at the time the largest black bank in the country um and so i, I worked at carver bank um so you left chase again yeah i left chase again okay. went to carver bank and i was managing uh, about 180 million dollars in assets um, in their Harlem branch, which was historic for me, because I got I'm the I'm the kid from Harlem, right? Who who wreak havoc in the in neighborhood. Harlem. Now I'm managing 180 million dollars in Harlem, right? Uh, did that for about two years, I want to say. Um, wind up quitting to be an entrepreneur <laughs> again, right? Right okay. to be an entrepreneur again. Um, at that time, I had wrote my first book. I was on Hot 97, Black Enterprise. I started thinking that fame equals money, but it didn't. Oh, it doesn't? Um, it doesn't, nope. Okay. And so as I'm making all this, you know, making all this uh, fame, right, yes. I wind up saying, you know what, I quit. So I left Carver Bank. I said, I quit. I'm going to be- You a left the black-owned bank. I left the black-owned bank. Um, and say I, I quit. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on television. I'm gonna make a million. I'm gonna sell a million books, and I'm gonna be the best. You know, how, um, how did that go? I, man, I almost fell flat on my face. Man, uh, almost went into foreclosure. Um, how you know, car almost repossessed. Um, not knowing how I was gonna eat. Right, because you got to think about it. The one thing I didn't say is that um, you know I became a homeowner very early. So I, were, you, were you single? No, no. So so my wife and I. Um, we were married. Um, so, so I've been with my wife 20 years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So my, so, thank you, brother. So my, um, I actually, I actually met my wife at Chase. 
<laughs> so I shout out to Chase, man. Um, a lot of history there. Chase yeah. did you a lot of good. Oh, they did a lot of good yeah. for me. So I actually met my my wife at Chase. Uh, she was a teller and I was a banker. Uh, we met in 2001. Uh, started dating in 2003. So, you know, 2023, it'll be, you know, 20, 20 years, years since we've been together. Been married 15 years. Uh, my daughter, my daughter's 14. So, you know, we, you know, a year after we got married, we, we had our first kid. Um, we have two kids now, 14 and seven. Um, and so at 25, my wife and I, we bought, we bought our first home together. Um, and so now I have this mortgage. I'm living this six figure lifestyle when I decided to quit. So now I decided to quit. Can't afford the mortgage. Can't afford the car note. Um, my daughter's two years old at the time. Can't afford to feed her, even though I was making money though, right? So as an entrepreneur, I was making about sixty grand. Okay. Somebody might think, "Oh my God, a new entrepreneur making sixty grand is good." No, it's not good if you have a six figure lifestyle. Because you created a lifestyle as a ma branch manager, of, you know the different levels of banking. Exactly. You so you was making six figures there. Exactly. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And so now, um, you know, I wind up having to. You know, I even threw myself a retirement party, bro. When you quit Carver? When I quit, when I quit Carver. I threw myself a retirement <laughs> party. I was, I was just about to turn 30. I was 29, just about to turn 30. Um, I, I did a retirement party at the 4040 Club. You were balling. Yo, I, I invited everybody. We popped bottles. We got pictures, all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? You still got the pictures? Uh, probably on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Probably on Facebook, um, which is why it was a, a embarrassing and humbling time for me because when I realized that I'm about to go to, like, if, if I continue this entrepreneurship journey, um, I'm going to stay broke. And I'm, mm. and I'm not going to be able to, um, you know, I didn't really understand entrepreneurship at that level. You know what I'm saying? I thought fame equals money. So I thought now that everybody saw me on Hot 97 and Black Enterprise that the business would start coming, but it didn't. Um, I got one contract, uh, you know, teaching financial literacy to foster care kids. Um, and, you know, again, that was between that and speaking engagements, it, it equals 60 grand, but it wasn't enough. You know what I'm saying? So I wound up having to, so great thing, I had a great resume. So I wound up going back to work, which and I'm at Citibank this time. Wow. I, 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 um, another big bank. Yeah, another big bank. And uh, oddly enough, my first store manager who managed me at Blockbuster, fast shout out to Edwin Centron, Edwin was the, was the store manager at Blockbuster when I left. We kept a good relationship. He wound up going to banking as well after we left, but he went to banking and he was a big boss at Citibank. So now... As I'm doing my workshops, he said, hey, Ash, I'm proud of you, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then, you know, he was trying to help me get a, a, a financial literacy deal with Citibank. By the time he introduced me to his bosses, they were like, yo, I love this guy's story. Do you think he would come back to work? Mm. Do you think he would come? Because we have this branch in Harlem. He's from Harlem. We got this branch in Harlem on 145th Street that has $45 million worth of assets, but we need somebody like him, his personality, somebody from the neighborhood to run that bank. Um, and at the time... It was right on time. Right on time. I was like... <laughs> I said, yes, where, where do I sign? So went back to went back to Citibank. And while I was at Citibank, I was still doing my financial literacy stuff. Um, I got introduced to a, a gentleman um, who, you know, ran a big nonprofit out in uh, Long Island City, Queens. Um, and he was thinking about starting up a credit union. Mm. Um, and then I was doing my thing. Uh, you know, somebody at Citibank introduced me to him. And then 
they hired me as the CEO of the, of the credit so union. So Citibank went over went to there, the yeah. new credit union. Yeah. Okay. So so now fast forward. You said something to me, and you you said something to all of us. You said you're an eight-figure entrepreneur. Yeah. Eight figures. Yeah. Woo. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that so um, just being able to understand who I am, understand the value that I provide um, for my my you know my clients my customer base um, allowed me to be able to generate you know a lot of money right I mean it, it comes with the impact first um, and, and at first I didn't understand my impact um, but as I you know I got I, I have a, a top podcast um, that Congratulations I've, on that. thank you so much that I've, I've helped people make millions of dollars through my podcast, right. Through, uh, being able to introduce them like, like I said earlier, as the underdog introduce yes. these new people into this world, uh, and they have a product or service. And then, and then through introducing that product or service, they're able to make, you know, millions of dollars. I have, you know, you know, fast out to the, I won't, I won't give them their name, right. Just in case, but they, <laughs> you know, you know, they were on the show, uh, they were able to make $1.6 million, Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Right. And so, um, you know, you know, using that, you know, uh, you know, a, as a tool, um, you know, I'm someone that, you know, because I have been an independent publisher um, for over over 12 years, um, I know the self-publishing game in and out. And so I've been able to uh, create a, a, a empire, if you will, of uh, helping other authors, but you know, create six and seven figure business. I got a question about that. I'm gonna come back to it. But yeah. eight figure entrepreneur, yeah. empire, yeah, and you're going to multi billions, right? Yeah. But it didn't happen overnight because I just heard your story. Yeah, yeah. So 100%. a lot of times we'll see folks and we'll see you where you are today. I'm like, man, I just learned about him. So you feel like it happened overnight. Yeah. One of the things that we talk about here on the Late Gratification Podcast is delayed gratification. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Yeah, delay, delay, delayed gratification just means God's timing to me. That's it. When you say when you say delayed gratification, that means God's timing. That means that have a vision, mm -hmm. focus on the vision, know that there's going to be ups and downs that happen within that vision, and through those ups and downs, you're eventually going to get to your destination, right? Don't make decisions that are going to allow you to... Um, Create instant gratification because that instant gratification isn't God's timing. That instant gratification is going to take you off of the path to prosperity, right? So you want to stay on the path. And so you have to accept delayed gratification, right? Because no just means not now. Mm. It doesn't mean you can't have it. It just means that there are a set of circumstances that have to happen in order for you to get to this space, right? Like I, like I, like I just said to you, I celebrated twenty years, or, or I will be celebrating twenty years with my wife. Had I took instant gratification, right, and went after the money because the money was always there, yes. I could have went after the money, but I wouldn't be able to tell you that my wife and I have been together that long. We got two kids together. Like we've been through the ups and downs together, but that's going this way. But the Muslim Downs worth smiling at this twenty year. Oh, one hundred excited about twenty years. One hundred percent. Say twenty twenty three. One hundred percent. You met in two thousand one. You started dating in two thousand three, and yeah. now you're looking forward to that twenty year mark. That, 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 that's my life partner. That's my best friend. What did What did you, other than chasing the money, 
do you think you sacrificed anything else so that you could get to this 20 years? Anything? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I sacrifice friends. Um, I, I sacrifice, um, going out, mm. partying, clubbing. Um, I sacrifice women, right? Because even though my wife had been, you know, we've been together that long as, as my power started to increase, the level of women that were, and this is just being honest, yeah. the level of women that were even with a ring, like, you know, they start throwing themselves at you. Um, and so, but the good thing about the sacrifice is that the sacrifice wouldn't have been worth it. Mm. Right. Um, I could have had the women. I could have had the clubs. I could have had, what you know, you fill in the blank. But when I look at the foundation that I built right now, the foundation that's solid, where, you know, my kids get to grow up in a two-parent home. Yes. My kids get to see, you know, my wife and I work together. We're business partners. So she runs the operations. I'm the pretty face. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but my wife runs the operations. And so now when we go on business trips, the kids are with us, they get the, they get access to that. Um, you know, we get we get to break a mold, right? You know, you know, her dad wasn't around. Yes. My dad wasn't around. You know what I'm saying? Now we get to show our kids something different. Um, and so the sacrifices that 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 the things I had to sacrifice um is actually it wasn't really, a, in hindsight, wasn't even really a sacrifice because, I mean. You knew what you wanted, though. Yeah, yeah. You know what you I'm knew saying? What knew what I wanted. Um, you know, understood that, you know, you know, you know, you know, I have the saying that says abundance is your birthright. It's in the back back well, of my I jacket. I love it when you right? say it, too, man. And um, what I believe, though, is because abundance is my birthright, I don't have to force anything. Mm. That doesn't mean I don't have to work. It just means that I have to. Uh, go with the flow, right? So I'll give you a prime example. If we're in a boat right now and we're trying to, we want to get to the top of a hill, right? And we're in a boat and the and, and the water's going like this. I could turn the boat and try to paddle uphill, yes, right? And do all this work just to get up. Or if I turn the boat around, the currency is going this way anyway, Maybe I let the boat, the currency take me down and push me up opposed to having to, to struggle going up. And so when I say divine alignment, when I say go with the flow, when I say abundance is your birthright, you just have to allow abundance. You have to allow it to happen. And, and that just means, yo, turn the boat around. Go with the flow. There's a natural flow of things. What does that look like in business, though? Because yeah. a lot of the times you look at now, Instagram and social media, people are like overnight, seriously. Yeah. It's like it's getting there. Yeah. And they don't want to sacrifice anything or yeah. they get frustrated and quit because yeah. those ups and downs, you're going out into the music industry. Yeah. You're going out on your own making 60000 when you're spending 100000 Most people would have quit. Yeah. Then, right? Yeah. Why is that and how do we combat that? What do you tell us to do when we're going through that up and down? Yeah. The, the up and down build character. The up and down is necessary. Mm. Right? The, the the butterfly goes through four stages. It goes through the egg stage. It goes through the caterpillar stage. It goes through the chrysalis stage. It goes through the butterfly stage. If you're the egg, you're just starting out, and you want to be this beautiful butterfly, mm -hmm. you're going to have to crawl. You're going to have to crawl something, right? Get your legs up. But then when you become that chrysalis, you're going to have this hard shell, this hard thing that's that's happening. 
if you don't go through trying to break out of the chrysalis with your wings, you never become the butterfly. In fact, those who want to escape this, this, this stage, if somebody comes and helps them out and cuts the, cuts the, the, the shell, the chrysalis, that butterfly is going to die. Why? Because the swings are not strong enough to fly. To fly. And so this, the, the mere fact that it's, it's trying to break out, like all this movement is building the, the strength in its wings. So entrepreneurs, y'all don't want to go through anything because you want instant gratification. But I'm telling you, instant gratification is going to kill you. Mm. It's yeah, gonna, it's, instant gratification is going to kill you. Right? Th think about this. Like, think about something pleasurable. And now think about having all that pleasure at once. Nah, it's going to kill you. Like, literally. It's going to bring a shock to your brain. You will have a heart attack. Which is why so many people, when they win the lottery, go broke. Exactly. Because they, because they don't have, they didn't go through anything. Mm -hmm. They didn't build foundations. They didn't go through ups and downs. Right? I had to go through foreclosure. In order to know that I gotta stop, I gotta stop working hard for money. I had to. Imagine if once I quit my job, God would have gave me millions of dollars. I wouldn't understand. I, I would be one of those rappers. I would be the lotto person because now I got all this money. But I don't. Even as a banker, I didn't realize that I gotta change my relationship with money. Instead of working hard for money, money needs to work hard for me. So now, what does that mean? That means, right? Stop allowing your physical labor to be how you, uh, you know, you know, uh, meet your necessities. How you build wealth. You have to take money, put money in an asset. Let that asset be the cash flow that gives you the money, right? And so I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't own property. I wouldn't have stocks, bonds, and, you know, businesses and things that give me cash flow so I don't have to focus on my, on my physical labor if I didn't go through that, if I didn't go through the foreclosure. So I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm happy that I went through that. What was your first asset that you invested in that is, help you grow to where you are now? Like, what's that thing? And I've heard you talk about it. Yeah. But what's the what's that main thing? Because I saw you speak uh, recently. Yeah. And you gave us, like, 15 ways to make money. Yeah. Right? What's yeah. the first thing that you did Yeah. after you went through the, the two phases of entrepreneurship? Yeah. What was that thing that got you going, got you on the radio? What is it? Yeah. So so, so the first thing is books, mm. right? Um, but, but, but. The first thing that actually got me out of working hard for money was 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 where you play was real estate, right? Because after I almost lost that home, I now started investing in duplexes in the Bronx. In the Bronx. In the Bronx. And so now, as I'm renting those things out, that's how I was able to leave my job the second time, right? Because I have enough cash flow coming in from my real estate properties where I don't have to make six figures no more. Right, because I'm making fifty grand a year Ooh. off of real estate, and I and, and I all I gotta do is collect a check. How did you go from almost going to foreclosure, yep, to buying more real estate? What's yeah. that? What's that gap? Yeah. So salute, salute to uh, President Obama. A lot of us were going through um, the same thing at the same time yes. because this is, you know, this is like 2009-ish. Um, and so what happened was there was the um, Making Home Affordable 
right? And what happened was, you know, the property that I bought um, was we bought it for four twenty five, right? The one that you're living in. Uh, yeah, the one I'm living in. Okay. Um, you know, we had family, you know, in, in, in the property, so we didn't have it um, structured the right way, if you will, meaning that um, we could have had it as a duplex, but we, you know, we we uh, used it all for us, right? <laughs> okay. So what wound up happening was from 425, the property value went down to about 200,000. In 2009. Right? Yeah. So now, but I'm still, that's why I couldn't afford it, because I'm still paying a mortgage on 425. So what wound up happening? Make it home affordable. Readjusted. We did a we did a loan modification. Mm. So now with me going back to work, and now this house being adjusted at two two hundred fifty thousand. Oh, that's light work. I could do that. In addition to that, we did some construction in the house. It was big enough, and we created another entryway where now we we created a one bedroom apartment. And so now we were able to, not only the mortgage was now like $1,200, we were able to get a tenant to pay us $1,500. So now we mortgage freedom. Whew. Mortgage freedom. Never have to pay mortgage again. Then, now I got a job. My wife's working. All right, let's, let's, let's rinse and repeat. Let's do it again. Able to create mortgage freedom through real estate. Now I can focus on my books. Now I can say, you know what, I I quit and don't have to worry about. You quit again? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I keep quitting. You keep quitting. I the kept jobs. Quitting. Yeah, I kept, I kept, I kept quitting the but job. the entrepreneur fire was burning. Was always, was always burning. burning. Since seven, yeah. eight years old. Yeah. So now we got the real estate. Yeah. The book. Ah, oh, man. So books. So what I realized, and this, and this was the, the blessing, what I realized is that I wrote my first book in 2009. Um, I never gave up, kept you know, pushing myself as a financial educator. Um, and I was dropping a book like every year, right? Um, I, I want to say my first um, um, break, if you will, as an author was 2013. Four years later. Yeah, I wrote a book called What the FICO, 12 Steps to Repairing Your Credit. Uh, I was writing for uh, allhiphop.com, fast shout out to All Hip Hop. Um, and then, you know, they, they were exposing me to about 7 million people, you know, each month. Wow. Um, and then uh, the Grio at the time was owned by MSNBC, and I had di and I was writing for the Grio as well. And I did an article uh, about about money, about you know how to build your credit. Um, and so MSNBC picked up that article, uh, and then it went viral. That's before viral was even a thing. Viral, yeah. <laughs> um, it went viral, and then I sold a lot of copies of that book, uh, What the FICO. Um, and so from there. That that's where the light bulb came. I was like, man, when I first wrote my first book, I was making maybe two hundred dollars a month. Then I wrote my second book, that increased to like five hundred dollars a month. Then I wrote my third book, and so then I got to a space where I was like, wow, the more books I write, the more residual income I have. Mm. Um, and so now I'm at a space where um, at twelve books, the minimum that I'll make off of a book is about forty five hundred dollars, or or like all of my books combined, the minimum I'll make is about forty five hundred dollars, maximum about twelve thousand on average. So you're so you're talking anywhere between forty five hundred to twelve thousand dollars a month, a month of just passive incomes based on something I did one time and pay the house note now. Absolutely, absolutely. So now we got rental income. Yeah, yep. got the books. Yep, have my mentorship. 
right? And so, okay. you know, mentorship program where, you know, I charge $35,000 to uh, for a year mm -hmm. uh, for people who want to learn how to create six and seven figure businesses. Or, so anybody who wants to learn how to create 15 streams of income from their book, um, I have a coaching program uh, where me and my team will, will do everything for you and help you set it up. Um, that's at $35,000. Um, you so know, I write a book, you show me 15 ways. 15 ways. 15 ways to, and, and I, numbers and everything, right? 15 ways. Uh, I'll set up a lot of, a lot of, I'll, I'll even ghostwrite it. If you're too busy, I'll even get my team to ghostwrite the book for you. So all you got to do is tell me your vision and then we'll, we'll, we'll get it out That's there for huge. you. And one of my, you know, I, I've had one client has done seven figures already. Um, I've had, you know, mo you know, multiple clients who've made six figures at a client, uh, who did 200,000 in 10 months based on what we taught them. Um, and then I got my, you know, path to prosperity. Then I got my brothers, Marvin, my brother, Storm, Leroy, hey man, shout out to Mar man. Marv, Storm, man. And this movement that y'all got going on. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We got the books, we got real estate, man, the family. We're going good. It was going great. Yeah. It's taking time though. Yeah, well, this, I'm 20, this is a 20 year journey that yeah. we're talking about. But man, over the past, I'm gonna say the past year. Yeah. Man, it's a whole different level. Yeah, yeah we've been going crazy. Yeah. What what sparked this new path, this new movement yeah. with you guys? Yeah, so I mean, I think, I think, I think what started it was really my relationship with Storm first. You know, um, you know, Storm has been. You know, so me and Storm met. Um, I want to say about six years ago. Okay. Um, playing basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we ain't gonna get into that. Today. Yeah, we're not gonna get into that. But no, but it, 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 it's funny <laughs> how when we have basketball conversation, he forget that it was a Kobe and Shaq thing. He he lucked out. He was on my team. Whoa, 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 whoa! He was who? It was the Kobe and Shaq thing. You were Shaq. I was Shaq. And he was Kobe. It was Kobe. <laughs> so we was getting buckets together. So I don't know. That's another story. We can talk about that later, right? But we met about six years ago um, playing ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, you know what I mean? Like, we was doing our, our one-two Kobe and Shaq thing. Um, I knew he was getting money on the real estate side. I don't think he really knew what I was doing, you know, as a financial educator with books and all that stuff or whatever. Um, fast forward, uh, we, we, you know, we reconnected. Uh, where, you know, he started, you know, doing his mentorship and, you know, he's out and about showing, you know, his knowledge and what he's doing. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's the, you know, that's my guy Storm. Um, and so, you know, uh, he reached out to me um, and he was just, you know, asking about, you know, you know, you know, uh, advice on how to like build an online presence because he didn't have an online presence at the time. Um, and so, you know, we work working together helping him get an online presence. Um, I was tapping into him for his knowledge because he was um, teaching me how to get my house out of my name, right? Yeah. So I, I didn't have that knowledge. So he was teaching me how to get my house out of my name and trust and wills and things of that nature. Um, and so we, we, we just developed a, a relationship. Um, he, you know, wound up being a very solid individual to, to the point where, um, you know, you know, he was doing things that I wasn't asking him to do, but just as a way to respect our relationship, uh, to show that he wasn't taking advantage of the relationship. Um, and then we just built from there. Um, and, and that was one of the things where I realized, I'm like, man, this guy's voice is very, really powerful. Um, and I have a platform, so I need to do whatever I need to do to amplify his voice. Um, and that's how it started. Um, he wound up, you know, uh, being a guest on my show inside the vault. Um, and, you know, at the time of this recording, he is the highest viewed show, um, you know, on my on on my on the show. Um, you know, I, th I think I think he's at like five hundred fifty thousand views. Wow. Um, on the show. Um, and so that was, you know, 
me and Storm. So we so we got into business together. We partnered together. We just we started making we started making a lot of money together yes. early, right? Um, then fast forward, same thing with Marvin. I knew Marvin. Um, he was you know running in the same circles you know at, that that we ran in. Um, and then he wanted to be on my show as well. And so, uh, you know, had him come on the show, you know, um, he didn't really have a you know large social media following, but same thing. I was like, man, this guy's talking this become your own bank stuff. Yo, he's a powerful, powerful right? I'm Ooh. like, yo, he's a powerful brother. Yes. So I said, you know, let me, let me throw him on the show. Um, you know, he killed it right at the time of this recording. Uh, he's number two, right? <laughs> High, you know what I'm saying? He's at 450,000 yeah. or something like that. Great information. Yeah. Man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so. Um, and so that was that was you know that that was that uh, amplifying his voice, um, and then you know he, even him he he was a solid individual who was somebody who showed great character was always you know wanting to do right or whatever so we kind of built a relationship outside uh, of you know of the show and we just started getting to know each other. Um, as we started to connect more, we realized there was so much synergy between what all three of us were doing, right? Um, we could help people make, manage, and multiply money, right? Say that again. We could help people make, manage, and multiply money. Like, we are the the trifecta, as they call us. Yes. Um, if you take what I do, where I can help people create multiple streams of income. So, it's not that's not all that I do, right? So, I'm the mi mindset architect. So, I can help you change your mindset. So, I'm the fin financial motivator. I'll give you the motivation you need to get, you know, to get your finances to the next level. Give you the, the basic skill set that you need. And I'll teach you how to make money from nothing. 15 streams of income. Storm is going to teach you how to, uh, you know, uh, have you know have your job become your first business partner, yes. right? And how to become a multi-millionaire while you're working a nine to five. You know, you know, Marvin's going to teach you how to become your own bank. So now you make all this money. Now, how do you use I that got, same? I got chills, man. How do you use that same money and and you know have it like Marvin says, have money babies, right? Um, you know, have that money, you know, work five times for you, right? And so we got together and we said we got something powerful. Uh, we decided to. to to, you know, to do a five day challenge together uh, where we were going to, you know, go out to the community and, and, and introduce ourselves. And it was a one off. We were like, yo, let's just do this challenge together. Um, you know, let's offer let's put all our, our offers together mm -hmm. um, and create this this mentorship. We went out. Uh, we were able to generate over seven you know million dollars that first time. Ooh. And so we, we, we kind of looked at each other like, nah, we got something going here. Um, so we said, let's do it again. You know, did it again, was able to generate $9 million. And we're like, whoa, hold on. And so now from the momentum of it, uh, we decided to put on, you know, the, the Path to Prosperity Conference, uh, mega conference. And, and we were able to get T.D. Jakes, Grant Cardone, Myron Golden, Ian Dunlap, Wall Street Trapper, Matt Garland, like all these these power hitters. Um, and, you know, we, you know, we'll probably uh, end the year um, probably 20 million, I, I, I would say. Um, but it's a movement that not only is necessary, it's helping people learn how to get on the path of prosperity, uh, but it's also a movement that is helping propel us individually, right? Um, and so as a unit, as we rise, all of our individual brands also are starting to rise. And so, you know, watching, you know, Storm, you know, have... Hundreds of thousands, you know, starting from 4,000 followers. Yeah. Now you got hundreds of thousands. Now when we in the airport, 
You know, people like, yo, yo, stop. Like, that. people recognize him now. People recognize. We, we was in the Bahamas, and a guy ran up to Marvin, like, nervous. Like, yo, you're that guy. You know what I'm saying? So to be able to have that in such a short amount of time, it's not the success. So so it's like the the fruits of the labor we're starting to see in a short amount of time. Y'all been putting in the work. We've been putting in the work. Right? Oh, yeah. It's like a tree, though, right? Yeah. So you think about, you know, this tree. All you see is the sprout, but you don't know that, nah, there was, there, like, the, the roots was doing its thing in yeah. the bottom. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what we were doing. Like, we were we were growing the roots. We were doing all that. And so now when the tree starts to sprout, a lot of people think it's an overnight success. But I'm going to tell y'all, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. At Ten. least. 10. 10 years, at Can least. Can people wait that long? Can they, they delay I mean, their gratification to wait 10 years? Because 10 years is a long time. Yeah, I... You yeah. know it goes by fast. Yeah, I think you know. Here's what I would say about that, right? Because can you have some success and not wait ten years? Absolutely. Yes, without a doubt. Like that's like we see it all the time. Like we see a lot of um, people who became millionaires during a pandemic mm -hmm. quickly, right? Cool. And I'm not saying to go slow. I'm actually telling you to go fast. But as you go fast, make sure. You're building your foundation at the same time. Abundance is your birthright and is better than ore. So I'm not going to tell you to choose massive success or building a foundation. I'm going to say and. Get massive success and build your foundation at the same time so that way the success is not a fluke. You know, you know what would be horrible? For you to experience a level of freedom and then it be taken away from you. Horrible. That'd be horrible. Like I live a like my life. Like I could travel anywhere. I've been on jets. I I go on vacation four or five times with the whole family, and we sit first class. Right? We went out the. Um, and, and I want y'all to paint that picture. We went out the country to to Peru for my wife's birthday. Me, my wife, my daughter, my son. Right? First class. Like that was a grip. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And so this lifestyle that I love, that I cherish, that I appreciate, imagine if tomorrow I got to go to coach. No disrespect to coach. Yes. Right? Because sitting in, so sitting in first class is not about people looking at you. It's about the access. It's about the convenience. It's about getting on first and getting off first. It's about, it's about you know, getting my cranberry juice and my bags of chips. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and so, and so, I'm saying that like I I know that I'm premium. Yes. So as a premium person, I only deserve premium experiences and a premium life and a premium life. So I so everything for me is VIP, right? And, but imagine being in that space and and enjoying that, and then it being taken away. So you want to have massive success, but you also want to have a foundation where it's yes. unshakable. Yes. Yes. Listen, I got two things before we, we, man, this is like, man, this has been church. Man. It's been church. Man, I appreciate you. Ooh, man. So one thing I want to ask is five to 10 years from now. Yeah. You got to go. Yeah. Right. What are you willing to delay right now mm -hmm. to achieve that goal? And let's call it five years. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in five years, I will uh, be the CEO of a billion dollar conglomerate uh, through mergers and acquisitions and leveraged buyouts, right? And um, I'm willing to sacrifice, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Um, you know, one of the things that I, that I know I have to sacrifice is socializing. Mm. Um, 
if it if it's not um you know even at this space as an entrepreneur there's a lot of times that my entrepreneur friends have parties and they want to pop bottles and they want to celebrate their success um but at the end of the day I'm not against celebrating, but I also know I have a bigger, bigger, bigger vision in mind. Um, I have an opportunity. God has given me the vision, and I don't think God would give me the vision without giving me ways to accomplish that vision. Um, I believe that once I become a billionaire uh, in God's will, that I will be, first of all, I'll have so much opportunity to give to those who are formerly incarcerated, right? Because I have a deep affinity for that. I actually started a nonprofit called the Abundance Code that's specifically targeting uh, men and women who are formerly incarcerated um, because I knew that could have been me at any time. Um, and so now I could do more. I could put more money into that population who a lot of them through mass incarceration uh, were in jail for, for, for things that they didn't necessarily do. And even if they did it, um, the sentencing was so unfair that it disseminated the black community. So now I want to give life back to that community. Um, and so I know that my vision is bigger than me. Um, it's about is about helping the community. It's about the families also. Right. Because a lot of people think about the formerly incarcerated. But they don't think about the families of those who are formerly mm. incarcerated, right? Um, and so that that's that's been one of my my, my missions. So I know that becoming a billionaire is going to help propel that um, and give back to to the community that has raised me. Um, and so I'm willing to to to, to sacrifice relationships. Uh, I'm willing to sacrifice. Um, you know, socializing. I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice um, some of the, the celebration even, you know, because even as I tell you about all the success that I've been having, I don't really think I've, you know, sat back and really celebrated uh, because I know there's more to, do, more to be done. And so I'm willing to do whatever it takes um, to, to be a blessing back to the people who have been a blessing to me. I'm looking forward to seeing that in five years. Yes, sir. Yes, man. How, look at them, tell them how they can reach Ash Cash. And I'll tell them what's coming up. And then leave us with, drop one more words of wisdom, one more bar. Yeah, I got you. Yo, it's your boy Ash Cash, the financial motivator. Make sure you tap in with me. Go to my website, IamAshCash.com. Follow me on all social media platforms at I am Ash Cash. Uh, I need you to know that you are greatness on display. G-O-D. What does that mean? Whether you read the Quran, whether you read the Bible, whether you read the Torah, whether you believe in law of attraction, it all says we are made in the image and likeness of the most high God. So if God is the greatest, then you are the greatest. Listen. Understand that your only job in life is to display God, which means that's why greatness on display, G-O-D. What that means is you don't have to do in order to have, right? You have to be first. A lot of us are trying to figure out, man, what do I have to do? What do I have to do in order to access the abundance? That's my birthright. The question that you need to ask yourself is who do you have to be? Once you become who God made you to be, then you will access the abundance that, that's your birthright. That means that stop always focusing on doing busy work and being busy. Become what you desire. If you want to be success or have success, be success. You want to have abundance, be abundant. You want blessings, then be a blessing. You want love, then be love. Just be the things that you desire and it will be yours in real, real time. Listen, thank you, Ash Cash, for being My on. My brother. Appreciate you, man. Thank y'all for joining us. 
Y'all make sure y'all go follow Ash Cash. Thank you for joining in under the Leg Gratification Podcast. Love y'all. We'll see y'all soon.